Hello everyone and welcome to Captain's Quarters, the Star Trek rewatch podcast by Nerdific.com, where we are rewatching the entire Star Trek catalog from start to finish, starting with Star Trek Enterprise. Today we're talking about Star Trek Enterprise episode 16 from season one called Shuttle Pod. My name's Gabe. I'm here with Jason. What's up, Shuttle Jason? Pod 1, buddy. Shuttle Pod 1. Shuttle Pod 1. I, I said Shuttle Pod. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, we should have called this Shuttle Podcast. Anyway. Oh, I get, yeah, we could have. <laughs> you know what's Hello exciting? There, buddy. You know what's exciting about this? Yeah, what's up? This episode was written by Rick Berman and Brandon Braggett. Oh, they're Not, back. They're back. Yeah, not like story by, but teleplay by, like oh full, wow, full on story by, wow. written by. Wow, cool. Which, if I'm not mistaken, hasn't been the case since episode five, which I think was called "Unexpected," or maybe "Expecting." Okay. I don't know. I think maybe the one where Tucker was pregnant. I don't know. Oh yeah, unexpected. Yeah. Right. So this episode is interesting, Jason. This episode is highly rated. It's regarded as one of the best episodes of... I could see that. Not just Star Trek Enterprise, but of the entire franchise. Oh, wow. I could see that, though. I have to say, watching it, I enjoyed it. I didn't consider it something that would have received such high praise. Wow. Yeah. So the 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 Guardian recommended it as one of six Star Trek episodes out of the entire franchise that they would recommend. The AV Club gave it an honorable mention. The Hollywood Reporter gave it said that it was in the top 100 greatest episodes from across five series. Wow. Yeah. Um so <clears throat> So there you go. If you Very haven't seen cool. it if you haven't seen it, get excited. All right, so basically, let's get into the plot here. Okay, so absolutely on board a pod, pod one, Commander Tucker and Lieutenant Reed are alone in this pod. They are separated from the Enterprise. They had to get 20,000 kilometers away from the Enterprise to test some sort of targeting system. Mm-hmm. Whilst they were away... Within an asteroid field, the Enterprise was mapping out some stuff. The Enterprise encountered a group that we don't see. Yeah. Some, some Tesnians. Mm-hmm. These Tesnians were in trouble. They needed help. They boarded the Enterprise. And when they did, there was an explosion. And it ripped off a chunk of the Enterprise. Destroyed the Tesnian ship. Am I saying this wrong? Nope. Okay. The debris from that incident lands on one of the uh, asteroids in this asteroid field. So Tucker and Reed don't know this. They're off in this pod. They had to get far away um, to run the test that they were running. So the thing is with the Tesnians is they have special breathing requirements. They, they breathe boron. And I think because of that and for other reasons, they have to be rescued, basically. They have to be taken home, the Tesnians. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There, there's urgency there. 
So the Enterprise leaves to take the Tesnians home. But they don't have a way to tell Tucker and Reed that they're doing that. Because I believe... Um, because Shuttlepod 1's communications and sensor array was down? Right. That was slightly confusing to me because I knew that their, uh, their communications was down. But why wouldn't the Enterprise go look for them? To go make sure they're okay before leaving. See, I thought maybe they were planning on a radio silence because they were 20,000 kilometers away. Right. Yeah, so I think... So if I remember correctly, they... um, Reed and Tucker were not in any danger or anything. Um, And so... uh, The Enterprise, Captain Archer, makes that decision that they need to bring the Tessians home. And then they can circle back to shuttle pod one to go pick up Reed and um, Tucker. Cause you know, there wasn't at the time there wasn't any, they weren't in an immediate danger while rescuing the Tesnians was a uh, mission priority one. Okay. Well, so yeah, there was urgency with rescuing these Tesnians. I think one of the reasons being is cause they breathe boron. Yeah. So, by the way, I did go back and I watched the pilot when they go to um, Rigel 10. Yeah, okay. Because when they're in Rigel 10, there is a small uh, child humanoid who's breathing some sort of gas. And Tucker is like one of the first times Tucker has seen one of these humanoid aliens. And he's like, what's going on there? They think this child's being tortured. Right. But but then Paul's like, no, that's... They breathe a certain gas until a certain age. So she's the kid's getting weaned off. Right. So I, w- I went back and watched just that scene. And if you were wondering, I doubt you were, but I was wondering. That was not a Tesnian. It was something else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some, I, wow. Yeah, I did it not, was yeah. Some, I did not think that. <laughs> it was some other humanoid. That's impressive. That's that impressive. breathes some other gas it was not boron either okay she says what the gas is um i think um uh she says what it is i forget what it was but uh it's not boron okay it's not okay yeah so yeah so so they leave so here's the thing is because they don't have communications um archer and and um i'm sorry tucker and reed come back to the asteroid field expecting to find the enterprise and they see the debris from the Tesnian ship and the Enterprise on the asteroid and part of the debris says NX. So they think the Enterprise, they they don't know anything about this Tesnian ship incident. They just see a bunch of debris. So they they think the Enterprise has crashed and totally been destroyed on this asteroid. Right. So I wanted, so so I remember now, okay, so it was a rendezvous point. And Captain Archer, and I, and now I remember. So he makes note of it that there's a rendezvous point between the Enterprise and Shuttlepod One, and that they that the Enterprise can get the Tesnians back to Tesnia, and arrive back to the rendezvous point in time to pick up Shuttlepod One. I see. Okay. All right. That's right. Oh. I remember now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But did they know their communications were down? That no, I don't think so. Or were they just so far away? Yeah, that... no, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, well, so um, Tucker and Reed are obviously shaken by this because their crew, who has basically become their family, is now in their minds dead on yeah. this on this asteroid, and uh, they are just on this sh- this shuttle pod without any warp technology no communications they have uh 10 days of error uh-huh yep and they're screwed basically um and and they can't even scan for survivors down on the asteroid because their communications are down um so it's uh this this episode is very sort of like intimate i I don't know if that's the right word but it's just a lot of tight shots of of uh tucker and reed yeah a lot of back and forth between them some pretty intense acting and these are two like sort of like explosive characters <laughs> already yeah and to, to put them two together on a little shuttle pod uh you know there's just a lot a lot of like um explosiveness there a lot of conflict and just them um you know, losing patience with each other and yeah. stuff like that. Because the tension is there. Yeah. Well, um, they basically decide that they are going to head towards uh, one of these, um, these like, satellites. Uh, Echo 3, I think it's called? Yep. Subspace Amplifier. There you go. And we saw in a previous episode the Enterprise actually deploying one of these amplifiers. Yep. Yeah, so they're going to head towards it, hoping to, um, well, okay, so they have different opinions on what's going on. Right. Reed is basically like, we're going to record a message, we're going to broadcast it, we're going to point towards Echo 3, and then like we'll be long dead by the time we reach Echo 3, but you know, in like two years when the pod reaches it, at least everyone will know what happens. Right. Tucker's of the mindset that somebody will, they could run into someone out there. Yep. And that's really the source of, of their, I mean, even though they're probably like destined to be sort of yelling at each other and kind of uh, struggling, li- being so close to each other for an extended period of time in this super stressful situation, the the core of their conflict is that Reed is pessimistic. Yes. And Tucker believes that uh, yes. they'll be saved. Yes. And the the core of the episode is is Reed basically uh, evolving his character evolving into very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Into a less pessimistic view. Very much so. I I I think the wide eyed American optimism is getting to the stoic British. Right. <laughs> right. Mm hmm. And. So, you know, a lot of this has to do with, like, so so there, there's, Reed keeps, like, recording messages to his, his parents, to um, long-lost lovers, uh, basically getting his affairs in order. Like, he's convinced they're dead. Yep. Yeah. And um, Tucker's not gonna mess with that he's gonna like just keep tinkering with the different stuff on board trying to fix stuff that's gone out and you know at one point they go through their rations 
and they find a uh, bottle of Kentucky bourbon, and uh, at one point they just get blasted. They get wasted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that sort of amplifies their their discussions about pessimism yeah. versus optimism. Yeah. And somewhere what each person does in the face of danger, right? Right. Somewhere in the middle of this, their pod gets hit by a micro singularity. Um, it pierces two sides of the ship and in the process takes out some of their oxygen. So they go from 10 days to two days. And then the reason why we believe that's what it was is because uh, T'Pol, back in the Enterprise, is analyzing what happened to this Tesnian ship and she believes that it's these um, micro-singularities. Um, Archer is like, suspicious of this this uh hypothesis saying that's basically like a almost like a conspiracy theory like a i think he says something like vulcan conspiracy theory or something um but uh i think we're led to believe that to paul is right that it was micro singularities that are basically like what microscopic black holes Mm -hmm, is that mm -hmm, we're mm -hmm, led to believe mm -hmm. yeah extremely powerful but able to pierce a ship and to basically surmises that that's what took down the Tesnian ship but it the enterprise was not affected because of the the plating right uh, on the on the enterprise so then one of them hits the shuttle pod later takes out some oxygen now things are even more dire and um yeah they get wasted they uh have a screaming match or two. Um, Reed records a couple messages, like I said, to some some, some ex-girlfriends. Uh, mm-hmm. Another thing I did check, because at one point they find out that they both had relations with the same waitress back in San Francisco, I believe, at, at one of their favorite uh, bars. Her name was Ruby. So... I, I remembered back um, when um, uh, Sato was trying to find out Reed's favorite food. Oh, she, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she had interviewed uh, Reed's oh, yeah, sister yeah, yeah. That's right. and one of Reed's friends. That's right, that's and right. I, and I remembered one of the friends brought up um, an old uh, waitress that, that Reed was into. But, um, so I rewatched that scene. That waitress was not named Ruby. Okay. Her name was Marine. And then if you're wondering, Jason, because, you know, um, Reed, when he's giving these um, sort of recorded messages to his girlfriends, he gives their names and none of of them are Marine. There's a Deborah, there's a a Rochelle. I remember Um, the Rochelle. I remember Rochelle. Yeah. No Marine. No Marine. Okay. So... If you or anyone is wondering, I've already checked for you, and that that was not a callback. It would okay. have been cool, but that's not what happened. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. basically, we also there is a dream sequence. Yeah. Where we find out that Reed sort of has the hots for T'Pol. Yeah. Um. Basically, and he doesn't tell Tucker. Right. But they he does say that. He asks if 
he asks Tucker if he thinks DePaul is attractive. Yes, that is true. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't think Tucker says that she is, which I was surprised. I mm-hmm. Because I actually thought early on in the season they were trying to maybe establish uh, some, some chemistry between Tucker and DePaul. But maybe there's supposed to be chemistry between Reed and DePaul. Maybe. Maybe. We may find out. We may not. Well, in Reed's sort of fantasy, he's like the hero, and T'Pol recognizes it, and then, um, you know, he wakes up like a split second before they're about to kiss type thing. Right, because um, he's woken up by Tucker. Right. Yeah. Well, so they just basically keep heading out out to this Echo 3, and... Reed is pretty pessimistic the whole time. Tucker is... He basically never gives in. Even even when his things are super dire, they, they find out that if they turn the, the uh, temperature way down, that they can buy a little bit more air. Right. So for a by big... By going ch- to warp. By, yeah, a big chunk of the episode, they're freezing. So they're kind of shivering cold. Right. I do wonder how they did that. If they actually made the actors cold or if they had to act cold. Yeah, no. Because it was, if they were just acting cold, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But, uh, so at one point, Tucker says, I'm going to go lock myself in, um, like, the air seal. And he's basically going to commit suicide to, like, give his portion of the oxygen to Reed. Right. Um... And basically, Reed convinces him not to. But Tucker was like, had his foot in the, the seal and was like, going to do it. Um, yep. So uh, at some point, they start to get some transmissions from the Enterprise. But they can't quite tell what's going on because, you know, they're... Tucker repaired their communications to a degree, but not good enough. So basically, from what they can tell, the Enterprise can see them, but they can't communicate with each other. Yep. So they decide to jettison their engine and blow it up, knowing that if the Enterprise is tracking them, the Enterprise will see this explosion Mm -hmm. and hopefully hurry up because they're basically out of air. So they're like, how do we get the Enterprise here faster? So that's what they do, and it works. The Enterprise does see the explosion, and they speed up, and they find a unconscious Reed and Tucker and save yep. them from yep. the shuttle pod. And then uh, Reed wakes up, but doesn't quite have the experience with T'Pol that that uh, that he had during his fantasy. But they made it, and Reed, you know, learned kind of the lesson that we're supposed to learn about optimism through him. Yep. I think a little bit... Um, so, one of the... There were a lot of small little things about this episode that I really liked. Mm-hmm. So, the one thing that we didn't talk about or mention um, was the uh, was the part where... Um, it, the when they um when the 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 cabin starts to lose air pressure mm-hmm. and 
you know, so they, they both surmise that there's a leak, right? Right. And, you know, so thinking quickly, Tucker, like, vents nitrogen from the storage tanks mm-hmm. and uses that that swirling gas to find the little puncture point things. Right. And there are two, and so they find the two holes. And so the cool part was, yeah, they, you know, one of them, um, you know, they both plug the holes with, you know, a finger there. Right. And, but then Reed, um, there's a light bulb moment and Reed uses uh, Tucker's leftover mashed potatoes from their rations, remember? Mm-hmm. To fill the holes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they, you know, and then they, you know, f- fill it with sealant. Um, mm-hmm. Which was pretty, you know, pretty ingenious. And I think, and, you know, and that even created, um, and, you know, that created more tension because they figure out that whatever hit them hit their oxygen tanks and left them or leaves them with even less air um, with like two days, I think it was mentioned in the episode, there were two days of air left. Right. And so the problem solving and all the little things, while there is no quote unquote antagonist, alien, bacterium, virus, whatever, mm-hmm. um, the, the tension that the time and all these little things that bombard them, um, and leave them with little time to survive and then and then to think on their feet to like how to survive i thought that was really cool that created that tension without you know right an antagonist or anything yeah no it's a great point yeah the antagonist is basically sort of their own demons right yeah and the situation around them mm-hmm. and all the little things that happen right um which was cool. And, you know, just the ability to survive again and again. Right. Although I was going to ask, um, were the micro-singularities a weapon by any chance? Could they have I been I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, okay, if, if they are, the episode gives no indication of that. But, yeah, right. You know, you never know. Right. Well, did you think it was one of the um, best Star Trek episodes ever across the whole franchise? <laughs> uh, I would say it's probably one of the best Star Trek Enterprise episodes, but I'm not sure if I would call it one of the best of all in all of the franchise. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, it is definitely in the top... It's probably going to... And you know what? And it probably won't hit me for a little while longer because, it, I, I, again, I hadn't seen it in a, while, in a long time. I've watched it again. And it's probably going to be like a cheese episode where it gets finer with age. Sure. So I could see, you know, coming down in, a little, in the next couple of years or whatever and being like yeah you know what shuttle pod 1 was one of the best episodes <laughs> in the franchise but right now it's one it's it's up there in the enterprise episodes but yeah what about you um i thought it was impressive i thought it was very demanding on the actors uh-huh. um 
you know, because it was just them two. And so, you know, they really had to have their chops. You know, Dominic Keating, who plays Reed, right. and uh, whoever plays Tugger, they really had to have acting chops to pull this off. For sure. There, there, wasn't, there wasn't a lot to the episode. I mean, it was basically them in this shuttle pod, the whole episode. Right. And so just, it was pretty much all dialogue. Yep. I think yeah. there was also like a an Apollo 13-esque... For sure. Uh, yeah. Feel to it. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to problem solve and learning how, you know, MacGyvering these things, if you right. will. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't even really say this is one of my favorite episodes. So, I appreciate it. But I'm more into the ensemble performance. Sure, 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 sure. You know, I like a big cast. And, sure. Um, you know, with two men in the pod. If it had been a woman and a man in the pod, I probably would have been more interested in, in okay. it. Okay. But I think that's one thing Star Trek does well, is have strong female characters. Yes, and this episode was missing that. And so, to me, that it kind of stood out. So. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, don't, I think I don't have anything else to talk about with this one. Um, like I said, it was so much dialogue. Um, you know, when we're talking about plot points, there's just, there wasn't like a ton of plot points. Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah. Anything Where else? do you think you would have landed? More Tucker, more Reed, something Oh, man. Tough to say. Yeah, I I hate to say it. I probably would have been more of a Reed, but not like... See, the thing is with Reed's pessimism, quote-unquote, he was still very pragmatic. Sure. Like, you know, he was still, like, going to work. Like, he was, like, recording things and just sort of, like, getting his affairs in order. And it takes a lot of wisdom and um, sort of inner peace to have the strength to do that. To, like, to, and, and to not just curl up in a ball of anxiety. To actually, like, you know, confront death and be like, we're going to die. I'm going to go ahead and, like, document all these things I need to say to people. Like, even to have the, like, the wits to do that, I think was super impressive. Because, um, like, a, a worse version of the pessimism would have been just freaking out and being like, it's over, and just, like, giving up and not doing anything and just sort of waiting to die. So. I thought I thought maybe Tucker was a little hard on him, to be honest. Okay. Okay, sure, sure, <laughs> sure. What about you, buddy? Uh, I probably, I think, so for me, I'm always trying to, uh, not leave any stone unturned, um, and the ability to survive. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I would have probably been a bit, a little bit more Tucker than Reed. Yeah. Oh, so I did want to mention something else. Um, the one of the one of the interesting one of the cool things about the episode too for me was that while he was 
while read oh and there was a personal log so november 9th 2151 oh, is today yeah and, yeah and, so, and it's not archer who says it it's reed yeah who says yeah it. yeah it's a personal yeah. log yeah it's reed's <laughs> personal log so so while all the while he's so all the while that reed is making these logs and entries to family and and ex-girlfriends and you know all that you know all those people what i found really interesting was that he it was the crew of the enterprise he was re finally broke down right and confessed how important the crew of the enterprise what oh is to him and that he tells tucker that he's always had you know he finally starts to open up right mm-hmm. he he talks and he tells him you know his difficulty in getting close to people and you know the 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 women in the letter the friends and his family um and that you know it was it's the crew of the enterprise that is the most important to him so he fun so there was starting so these walls are starting to come down in in reed's um character in which you kind of mentioned that it changes his viewpoints his characteristics a little bit uh at the end but yeah i thought that was really interesting yeah for sure great points buddy so but yeah no it was good well, um, we are well past the halfway point of the season. Yeah. Which is exciting. And I can't believe it. <laughs> so, yeah. I guess with that being said, sorry, I'm I'm having a hard time, uh, you know, closing this one down. I don't know. It's a short, it was, this is a short podcast episode. We, we can talk yeah. about other stuff. We can talk about Star Wars if you want. <laughs> talk about anything uh, you want. Nothing big. Uh, other than nothing big in the Star Wars universe, other than Gina Carano um, getting let go, sacked, I guess. Yeah, as of today, she got sacked um, for some not great things that she put yeah. out there on social media. Yeah, she's put out some pretty inflammatory tweets, though. So. Yeah, so. And a lot of fans have been clamoring for her to be let go already. Right. I don't know. It's probably over. In my opinion, it was overdue. But there is a big, the big uh, fan base who is supporting her. Sure. So. Sure. But, you know, to me, some of the stuff she's saying is not appropriate. And I definitely don't think it's appropriate for Disney. Yeah. So. I'm not surprised. I think it's going to drastically change their plans for Mandalorian. I think they're going to have to kill her off. Oh, for sure. I don't think they'll do the thing where they say, oh, she's back at base and then just never bring her up again. Right. Right, right, right. But I, I feel like they're going to have to rewrite a lot of stuff. Because I'm sure they were they already had in the can a lot of ideas and scripts and stuff. Who knows? Interesting we'll stuff. Yeah, we'll see. All right. All right, buddy. Well, with that being said, then uh, live long and prosper. I'll talk to you May next time. May the force be with you. See you, buddy. Take care.